You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind the hardcore podcast i'm patrick broadcasting yet again from the bathroom in san diego i'm bob in the middle of a thunderstorm here at the jersey shore and i am tom also in the middle of a thunderstorm in queens new york Mm. what up guys how you doing i'm good how many how many bathrooms are in that house though not many this is not not many any more than one is many. There's four. Fuck you. I mean, You're in a bathroom like, that no one's peed in. No, no, no. So there's the bathroom I'm in, which is the it's in it's in a shameful state. But then there's also bathrooms that are uh, there's one bathroom that's got a really expensive Kid Rock toilet in it. Uh, come again. Uh, so the owner of the toilet bought it when he heard Howard Stern interview Kid Rock. And they both talked about how they owned an expensive toilet. And the owner of this toilet has Crohn's disease, I don't think he would mind me saying, and on occasion has to spend an awful lot of time on um, a toilet. Uh, yeah. So, so it, is a, it is a toilet that has uh, – like it's, you know, it's got the – if you've been to Japan, it's got that cleaning thing where it spins around, I guess, or mm-hmm. it, the heat is there. The seat is heated. It's got three bidets in it. It's a whole thing. A Toto bidet. I just Googled it. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, did you just Google Kid Rock's toilet? I literally did. And the first thing that popped up was Kid Rock toilet paper. And then <laughs> um, how rich he's become as a musician. His answer was rich enough to have a Toto bidet seat on every one of his toilets. Howard agree. <laughs> that was on rigidforum.com. I don't know want to know what else is on rigidforum.com. Click yeah. through, let's find out. I'm good. Uh, so everybody's doing good, is that right? We're all good. I mean as good as we can be, right? Hanging yeah. in there, you know what I mean? Hanging uh, so Tom Patrick, give t- Tom your uh your news, your travel news for this week. Oh, Tom. Oh, I'm coming home. I'm coming home, baby. I'm coming home. Coming. So, home. I have to record world. records. I'm coming home. You can still talk to, while I sing. No, I'm. I'm right here. I'm. I'm gonna. Uh, you got I'm records. You got. You got music to to sit on. No, but if you sing, then it can be like a uh, like a '90s hardcore record where you're doing the uh, totally unnecessary melodic part, and I'm talking over it. You know, like so I would be Kato Eight, and you would be Vic, maybe. Or, or I'm Rob Fusco, and you are uh, 
not the wood, uh, uh, not Woods, the bassist. Who's the fucking uh, brothers? Anyway, Scoville. The, uh, Scoville, thank you. Wood was a guitar um, player. There you go. So, uh, but no, like where you go into the uh, where I'm talking about, like wires in my head or so, you know, whatever the fucking dramatic thing is, and and you're doing the melodic part. We'll, we'll set that up for a future episode. Got it. I'll um, it so. Uh, I got to record records. So there's an $11 Airbnb in Tijuana that I was going to take because I'm approximately 12 miles from it now and I thought it'd be fun. And, uh, but getting in and out of Mexico right now, now granted, essential is incredibly broad. Like I could, there's ways that I could justify essential travel into Mexico at the moment, but uh, it just seemed like a hassle on some level. So, I'm coming back, going to record some records, and then maybe returning uh, to claim my claim my place in the uh, Tijuana ecosystem. Wow, 125 k foreclosure home in Selkirk has your name written on it. God, I listen. No disrespect to our Selkirk listeners here, but full disrespect. Where would you rather live, Selkirk or Cohoes? Cohoes, more character. Uh, Cahos or Watervliet? Cahos, more character. Better bakeries than Watervliet. Um, Cahos or Glens Falls? More character in Glen Falls. That's eh, tough. That's tough. Where are from? That's tough. Uh, yeah, that's a true. A lot All of right. children. Yeah, that's true. All right, Duggan. Um, so shall, shall we do sponsors or do you guys want to lead with some morbid shit? Let's do sponsors. The happy times. Okay. Uh, you guys got a, a couple web cards. Before we get in, we're going to flip it around this time. Shout out to our other two sponsors, Run for Cover Records, Closed Casket Activities. Run for, boom. Run for Cover just announced the new Narrowhead record uh, that is coming out. We're going to talk about it more probably next week. Everyone's got to go check that out. Band's really cool. Did a bit of a deep dive the other day and uh interesting catalog if you're into kind of a 90s alt sound but but doesn't feel totally mask on uh definitely check it out i look forward to the 2021 hum and narrowhead tour that i hope happens oh yes mm. good, good call and and close casting activities big shout out to our buddy been working triple time uh because he's been involved in a not insignificant amount of uh, charity projects. And, Incredible amount, yeah. And I don't think he's publicly put that out there. It's not his style. He doesn't do it. But you got to realize he did a charity shirt and a record, a full-on release where all proceeds are going to charity. Uh, a couple other things, too, that just like really impressive and cool. So big shout-out to both those labels doing cool stuff right now. Fuck yeah. Uh, let's get in. We are doing a little thing. Uh, we did it a few episodes ago where we do a little web shopping. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll go in. All right. Uh, so I never get the to live a lie job because I am on record as saying that hardcore should be mid tempo with occasional flourishes of fast, uh, more occasions to go slow, uh, and never be fully fast. Uh, and to live a lie generally, although not across the board, generally likes the fast stuff. So it's, it's rare that I, I take the, take the lead on to live a lie, but, uh, 
being a good co-host, I uh, decided to really embrace the challenge and listen to a lot of stuff that I hadn't listened to. Uh, so I'm now relatively familiar with uh, the To Live a Lie catalog and certainly a portion of the web store. Uh, and I'm going to now, I don't know if I got, I think I got to 80. We're going to go through. Um, I want to say the Sex Prisoner uh, Harm Done, I think it's a 12-inch EP. Um, it is, uh, Sex Prisoner, I think, is the top of the heap for a lot of people right now. Uh, yeah, uh, really good band. Yeah, and it is, uh, it's kind of undeniable. I, w- I almost put them on multiple times because they are just really good at what they do. Uh, Harm Done isn't as good in my view, but shows a lot of promise. It, like to me, like it's, it's just shy of being in the same breath as sex prisoner to me. Uh, then I want to talk about the no question, uh, internal bleeding, uh, cassette, uh, that, uh, that to me is like, so this is where we get parsy about genres. Uh, it sounds like power violence vocals, but a lot, but hardcore leanings throughout. So I know that not everybody even makes that distinction between power violence and hardcore. I get it. But like, if there is one, there's power violence vocals and then there's power violence and then there's hardcore and there's hardcore vocals. This leans into power violence vocals, but with a lot of hardcore in it. Um, Pig city. We've talked about the terminal decline. Uh, I believe it's an LP. Um, that record, uh, I think they're selling it on white right now. Um, I really like this one. This is like converge crust, I think is what we called it, where it's, uh, got some crusty elements, not, not party crust, not like good time stuff, but like, but a lot of musical flourishes that make it fun throughout. Uh, I think that's really fucking good. That's probably at this moment, my favorite to live a lie stuff. But how much do you guys know about total fucking destruction? Uh, just a bit, to be honest. Okay. Not much. I just know the name and I love it. So they had a record out. It feels like a long time ago to me, but maybe just in my head um, that I hated the album art so much that that I, this band did not appeal to me at all. And I never gave it a shot, but they've got they've got a flexi out called Child Hater, which, as you can imagine, <laughs> was very, very appealing to me. Yes. And, yo, this is fucking really good. <laughs> it is, it is, uh, okay. So I suffer from a grind blindness where when I was growing up, uh, you had brutal truth. And then the next thing I remember is insect warfare. And in my head, mm-hmm. grind is very adjacent to death metal, but but that's not true for a lot of kids. For a lot of kids, grind is very adjacent to hardcore. That's what this is. This is fucking really fun, really hardcore fun style grind influence stuff. It's good. Yo, real quick pause because you just brought up a really good point. To me, you have to be outrageous good to make the grind that leans metal Yes. Appeal to me. But the grind that leans hardcore, I can really get behind. Like, I can see it. And then, like, it's like, oh, this is cool. Like, I think there's more natural, like, 
acuity. There's natural like tendencies that, that blend in. Whereas with metal, there's there's certainly stuff that works, but when but you got to be really good. You got to be really good at that blasting speed and the metal stuff and all the stuff that makes medical metal song structures transitions etc work with that format so anyways great point continue uh and then i want to give it up to tired of everything behind the blade lathe uh, oh yo really good yo it, it, so i was wondering did you give did you big up this one already i believe i big up their tape but yeah I, i've been impressed with the tired of everything stuff like i'm i'm so, really stoked on it actually so uh, I did not necessarily know what to expect. And I, I it's like, uh, it's not WNYU core, but it is that adjacent. So do you know what it reminded me of? Let me put it like this. It reminded me of Western Massachusetts, not Will Killingsworth material. So like the, the stuff that Will uh, mixed and mastered, not the stuff that he played in. It, it had a lot of that total fucking VFW insanity to it. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. And with that in mind, I also uh, thought that the shirt was a, a good look. So, oh, also everybody, check out the Tired of Everything for the lyrics, which are like really what you want out of hardcore if you're looking for something that sticks in your head but isn't genius level shit. It's not trying to impress anybody. I think one of the lyrics is literally like, I don't relate to anyone. I don't relate to anyone. I don't relate. I don't relate. I mean it. Something like yeah. that. And I'm like, oh shit. You I'm get like, me. You fucking get I'm me. In. I'm in. It's, <laughs> it's something like that. And I was like, I was like, oh, you got me. So uh, the shirt is also cool. Um, so th- that's my, uh, my haul uh, from To Live a Lie. So we're going to go to tolivealie.com, enter the promo code. Axe to grind. And Tom, what you got to do with that? Spell it out. Boom, get that discount. So nice job. Good job. Tom, where are you going to spend your money today? I'm going, taking a trip up, uh, is it I-91? Going to uh, you're gonna yeah you're gonna go up uh, ninety you, well from your house you might go up six eighty four to <laughs> to yes, uh, would. to ninety five to uh to 95 to 91 to 84 where am i going am i going to chicopee am i going to, am I going you, to you, Salem? so here's what you do you go you yeah 684 to 95 to 91 to 84 to 90 and then you're going to take 90 over and take 93 north and i believe you take that over and it's exit 23b maybe and then go from there we're not going to get disclose no locations. I think I got but lost. That's, yeah, that's from my memory. So continue. Please. That's impressive. Yeah, it is. We didn't even get Pat to sing last night on the Mass Pike. Uh, I can if you'd like. I'm good. Um, so I have my um, my shopping cart filled to the brim, and I'm ready to roll. Are you ready? We're ready. Do Death it. Wish Inc. Death Wish Inc. Oh, yeah. Hello. Sorry. We gave you the address. We gave you the way to get there. If you would like to pick up curbside. Um, yes. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we're going to Deathwish Inc. Um, so the stuff I am buying, we're going to start with a little pre-order for the um, Umbra Vitae Shadow of Life LP. Yeah. Um, stuff I've heard so far, I am way into. Um, I'm intrigued to see this live, to see how it comes across. Um, oh, agree, agree strongly. I'm uh, yeah, the, that that's a good point. 
Like, like the you know, are we going to get Jake Converge? Are we going to get like a different? Because like with the other band, like he played bass, so like it wasn't as like. But like with this, is he going to be fucking crazy? limb flailing guy or is it some other vibe and i'm i'm kind of i'm quite intrigued because the stuff that i've heard so far i really liked basketball jersey and overalls mm. wow and the question right. i want you to ask yourself is which is on top wow i would say basketball jersey underneath uh the overalls only one side clipped Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm going for. All right. Um, Uber Vitae oh, LP pre-order. Yeah, called Shadow of Life. I'm pretty stoked. Um, the second thing I'm going for is a DVD. It's actually a double oh. DVD. It's uh, Converge of the Long Road Home. I had owned this at one point, and I don't know where it is. Um, but this is a lot of fun. It's just like a lot of tour stuff, a lot of um, live footage. There's a show on here, I believe, that we actually, I was, we were part in putting it together. Um, uh, Converge hit up Most Precious Blood, and they were on tour with Hatebreed at the time, and they had like a day off or something, because like Hatebreed was doing like like Hatebreed like major label shit, and Converge was like, "We're around, we want to play a show." So they're like, "Can you set up a basement show?" We're like, "Sure." So we set up a basement show in Staten Island at the drummer from MPB's house, nice. mm. and I'm pretty sure it was Shattered Realm, Most Precious Blood, and Converge. But that's on here, like the Converge set. And there's wow. literally a part, and I hope it's still I, – I haven't watched a DVD in a long time. But there was a point at, during that show that literally every band member played a different song at the same time, and it sounded awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like no exaggeration. Like Ben played something – a different song than like all parts from other songs. But they when they all melded together, it somehow made sense. Um, I think they gave – like they cracked the Converge code by doing that. They're like, oh, got it. Um, but it's just, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Converge the Long Road Home. There's also another like Blu-ray set on there. Um, but I was I just wanted to see this. Um, just because I remember it being a good time. The next thing I'm going for is the breakdown running scared LP. Mm. Um, that was in their distro. I think it's by Radio. It's put out by Radio Raheem, so it's the second of the breakdown demos, um, and it also has a WNYU set on it. Um, so I bought that. Then we're gonna go up to Canada. Um, one of Pat's boys, mm. I think. Justin, yeah. Justin Trudeau. Yes. <laughs> I'm um, buying the single mothers single mothers seven inch EP. Um, I really love this record and I feel like I I don't have any vibe whether anyone else does. I think they may uh, be low-key popular, but I'm not. Single Mothers. What's the album art? It's the Dreamcatcher with the pentagram. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It, 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 uh. It, it was it was popular. This this band has gone through ups and downs uh, of being appreciated and not being appreciated. Uh, it's a really interesting road that the band has had. Uh, but yeah, the, the band has fans for sure. This record's fantastic. Um, um, yeah, and I just um, I really enjoy it. Um, I know they've toured with Pat, right? Then you guys tour with them with Drug Church, or was that his single thing, his solo? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, that's right. Uh, so like recently, 
yeah, not long ago, maybe a year and a half, a year. Um, that's uh, uh, Drew uh, is, I think I've big upped him on here. He might be a listener. I don't know. He, he's, uh, he's just a creative mind that is also, um, for lack of a better term, he's, he's like us. He's a, he's a creative person that's not, his head's not in the clouds. He's, he's, uh, he's seen a lot in life and he, in, uh, he, he's really fun to talk to a uh, very quiet, mellow guy, but also just like thoughtful. I, not to put him out there, but I think he, I think he had a rough time at one time and is now in this good place that gives him a lot of perspective. Awesome. Awesome. But yeah, I think like his lyrics are super good. Um, it always reminded me of like Craig Finn singing for like a hardcore. It's Craig, Craig Finn lyrically and vocally from the whole city singing for like oh. uh, a more rockish, um, maybe like Black Flag or something. Interesting. Uh, Bob, have you ever checked this out? Uh, single Mothers? Yeah. Yeah, the stuff I've heard I liked, but I didn't revisit. But I, I think revisit they have a this whole, one especially. Is that the LP or is no, it the it's seven, seven inch? It's like a four song yeah. seven. Yeah, that's the one I know. I think better and and did like it, but just didn't go back to it much. I, I mean, I, they were a band who I was super interested in, but as I think as noted, like I think they kind of had a few periods of activity interspersed with in, inactivity. You know, so sure, I yeah. kind of got lost on them. Um, my next choice. A double LP, double, double, double LP, the mm-hmm. resurrection. I am not the discography. It's a good one. Good pick. Um, so they went in there and redid for anybody yes. who who's into resurrection or like them way back. Uh, or if you're unfamiliar, we'll get to you too. But uh, Rob fish, a bunch of guys from New Jersey, some of whom were in release with them. Some of whom went on, to Judas do, Factor. Yeah, Judas Factor, some of whom went on to Floor Punch, et cetera, all these different yeah. things. Um, this band was going on at the same time as 108. Sounded a little different. Somehow was noisier. It's and, super I mean, weird. Yeah, I was going to say, it might be weirder than 108, uh, which it's is more saying bass something. Driven. It's a yeah. bass, more dr- bass-driven band. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Dave is a fucking incredible bass player. So this is what – it's Dave, Zusai, Rob, and who plays drums? Was this Chris Daly? Is I believe possible? so. I believe it is Chris Daly. So we went out to like Texas the Reason and fucking everything else. Yes. Um, but like this, they redid that um, the the LP. Um, the, they remastered, remixed, right. and remastered the LP because the LP, the I refuse LP. Yeah, it was notoriously unlistenable in its original state. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, totally redid it. And to me, from the first seven, the the first Resurrection seven inch to seven inch, I can really really sink my teeth into i love it um it's uh it was it found the sweet spot between late 80s straight edge etc etc and rorschach in that it was noisy but it had kind of more some more straightforward parts and and transitions and stuff but but it was it's it's a manic record and then the lp sounds so much like it's night and day so this this discography when they put it together i was i was over the moon yeah, the sound and they did an amazing job. Kind of the packaging looks awesome, and I think the recording is it, it all cleaned up and stuff. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, for sure. and last but not least, it's summertime, and I need more t-shirts. Mm. So I went for the Caven White Satellite Black T-shirt. Nice. Mm. So it's the artwork from Jupiter, I believe. Mm-hmm. White print on a black shirt with Caven on the back. Fucking fantastic band. Great record. 
So that was the, the last thing in my shopping cart. Very cool. So we are going to go to deathwishink.com. Fill your shopping cart. Tom, what's the promo code? Axe to grind. And Patrick, what do you got to do with that? Spell it out. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. We like ad reads. I hope you get it that we're not doing it just to be like, hey, check out the sponsor. We do it because we get into it. So, And it gives us a chance, especially through uh, the harsh reality of COVID-19 meets the serious, important, pay attention to uh, social movements that are happening and continue to happen. But we get a few minutes of reprieve to look at web stores and talk about hardcore records so thank you for sticking with us through yeah, all like this project i like this yeah it's always fun yeah that's that that's kind of the vibe like um it. we have some fun stuff going on next but before we get into it hey guys have you have have either of you been on the the internet recently and, and seen stuff about people involved in hardcore i have yeah yeah some how's stuff. that going for us jeez it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, so listen, everybody, we, we're in a weird position because uh, we talk about music, but we also talk about the culture. Uh, we try to be as honest as possible. Uh, and there's a weird space that we occupy where uh, we want to address things uh, in a straightforward manner because why not, you know? But at the same time... Uh, Nobody is really that appreciative of three aging white guys sitting around reflecting on this in a vacuum. Uh, so uh, we're going to address it in a more meaningful way. Uh, if, if any of our listeners don't go on the internet and don't know what we're talking about, uh, there's just a, a lot of people are being uh, taken to the, to the mat about a lot of, a lot of bad behavior. And uh, that's me putting it lightly. Uh, but you can go find out what you need to find out. Uh, and we're going to address it in a more meaningful way soon, uh, when we have some other voices and that's just is what it is. Uh, I don't know if I, I literally just don't know. Like I'm always happy to opine on things, but here's what I've learned. Not everybody wants to hear it all the time. (laughs) So I'm going to let, well, when you opine on things, yes. Well, you know, like, listen, we're all smart people, we presume, and more than that, we just have a perspective. So you'd think it'd be worth something, but the reality is, is like, yo, maybe we don't got all the perspective. So let's no, bring in not. somebody. Let's bring in somebody that's got some. Not not speaking for everybody, but somebody that's got some, and we'll talk about it in a, in a in a way that maybe uh, actually helps. Hopefully, yeah. With it. Uh, just everybody, you know, like do, do better, but, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you more about that later. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just reading all the stuff, it's like super fucking like three weeks ago, we were fucking talking how hardcore is the coolest thing. Cause you know, it's, I guess it's the fucking ebb and flow of life, but like, we were like, I'm fucking proud of hardcore. Look at all the stuff that people are doing, raise money for causes and getting out on the street and fucking, you know, everyone's you know, marching and, and attending protests and rallies and stuff. And then this stuff comes up. You're like, Oh, right. This is the fucking shitty underbelly of hardcore that tends to, to, to hide in the shadows. So, um, we're going to have some friends on, uh, hopefully next week. 
mm. and you know get their perspective and it's not just me pat and bob um just going off on one because we could i could yell at about an hour about this shit um but for sure i don't know well i'll I'll tell you what my dad used to tell me keep your fucking hands to yourself (laughs) good rule thumb you know what i mean don't don't punch somebody if don't fucking touch people like it's it's a pretty easy pretty decent rule of thumb and you know that's the way to go yes well said um so guys um Sort of adjacent to this, and I wanted to bring this up for you, Tom, um, more, but both of you. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be doing a little game called, and game, opinion piece, talk, track, if you will, called underrated, overrated, properly rated. And we'll lay out what we mean by that momentarily, but ha- Tom, have you seen, because this is inspired by the sports podcaster former writer bill simmons who quite often does this with basketball players or athletes or teams or you know whatever um have you seen him in the news recently yes whoa boy (laughs) yeah so he was kind of called out on um by the new york times by the new york times and and like some of his like staff member people that like tried to like get podcasts on his at work and all and write for the ringer and all sort of stuff I think um, you know, questioning them, questioning him on the diversity of the people that he has on his network, which you know, it's pretty fun. You know, and people it's admittedly, like, is admittedly less than fifteen percent of full-time employees are are people of color, uh, right? In and any shape or form, which is fucking crazy. Number one, number two, it was like, you know, he's saying like, oh well, it's fucking, you know, it's a meritocracy. Like you get stuff, you know, like this isn't an open mic night, blah blah blah. But then it's like, then people were like, yo. You gave your fucking your, – one of your sons has a fucking podcast. Your daughter has a podcast and your fat cousin had a, has a podcast and the only thing he talks about is eating food. So yeah, it's like – Hold on. I, I, I got a cape for Bill Simmons there and say that's not a meritocracy for sure. There's no debate. Well, but also like – It was. Like you he, know, I, I know. But I, I know. But what I'm saying is that like I don't know if – like he's not a publicly traded company, right? Like he can – like him putting his kid on isn't like – that's not – like, don't get me wrong. He's it's total hypocrisy to say this is a meritocracy and then put your kid on. Well, I that's understand that. Point. Yeah, yeah. But but like, whenever somebody tries to slam somebody for putting their kid on, it's like, I don't know. Is that that is that that weird? As long as you're not a publicly traded company that's doing something illegal, it's like, yeah. No, I mean, but if you're taking the stand that it's like you have to earn your way, you know, that's there's not more than fifteen percent people of color at my in my company because you have to earn your way and. Hmm. Those fifteen percent earn their way here, but that, but then you you can't do both, and that's why people are pull, calling them out. Obviously, if it was just kind of like, oh, you know what, that's a blind spot, and I fucked up, then okay, then have your fucking dumb kid fucking come on and talk about basketball, like whatever. Well, and, and I will say about the this is an open mic night. He he actually addressed it and said that there was some discretion uh, discrepancies in the question versus that as the answer, um, and you can you can go that. and you know it, the point stands that. That there were, there was an outpouring of people who said, "Hey, I didn't. I worked with this person at prior projects and would have liked to have worked for this company. I would have liked to write for this company. I'd like to have a podcast with this company and, and didn't All get right. the chance. So um, it's very interesting. And the reason I bring it up, I, I have to. I'm going to say this. I'm a pretty big Bill Simmons fan. Uh, I enjoy his work." with sports i enjoy it and i hate the boston red sox so um 
I see it, and I think that there's a lot to be said. And he came out and he issued an apology and said, hey, you know what? I look back and, and think that there were things I could have done better and things I could have changed and wish I could, um, and we're going to work on it, and we're going to try to do it. Um, I just ask that you bear with us and give us a little time to get this right and do it right, which I appreciate it. Um, I think it's one of those things that as we continue to hopefully move forward, and this is just like everything else, you look at this and they talk about <clears throat> where inequality starts and stops. Well, it doesn't start by there not being enough podcasts hosted by people of color. It goes back and goes, well, how did you start the company? And, and they talk about it. And they're like, well, he started this company with four other white editors to join him. Oh, Okay. Then when they started hiring, and then it's like, okay, what are the chances given? How, why is that done? What are your hiring practices, et cetera, et cetera? What does your talent pool look like? And that's something that I, I, as we continue to move forward, and as everybody continues thinking about what they're doing more so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's something we, we are trying to be very conscious of here. We are three white dudes on a podcast. We don't have a lot of guests. We also operate in a space where there should be more diverse voices. Um, and we're going to do our best to feature them more. And, and while at the same time, not tokenizing, like, I don't think that's right. I don't think we should be doing it to basically like, Hey, look at us. This is why we're doing that sucks too. Like I, that's not right. the right energy. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so li- li- listen, everybody, uh, you can burn me down for this one, uh, but I think the fellas agree. If you get on our fucking show, it's either because we guessed, and not, not that it's some fucking privilege, but it's either because we guessed wrong or right that you'd make an interesting conversation. 100%. So, so that's it. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and listen, we got people that reach out to us, and you know, sometimes – we say yes, sometimes we don't, but sometimes it feels like they're trying to promo something and that, that does, that's not exactly going to work for us depending yeah. on the situation. So, uh, but trust, uh, like, okay, let's put it like this. If any of our listeners think that I'm a dickhead contrary dude, <laughs> then I'm the check and balance here where like trust that if anybody that gets on the fucking show is because it's probably a good idea, at least ahead of time. You know what I mean? And that's all it boils down to. So Yeah, and, uh, and so so that's the thing is we always want to have interesting people. And we know there's a lot of good voices out there. So anyways, I brought that up because we're we're using an idea that we're we're co-opting here. Um, but also because I think it's interesting. I think people should look at it. I think people should think about it. What what all this means and, and these little pieces of life um, that come right down to how easy is it for you to get a job? How easy is it for you to advance in your field and sometimes there are things that are beyond your control that impact that and for a large swath of people in this country the color of their skin impacts their ability to get an opportunity so just keep all those things in mind and keep that energy moving forward in your life okay um okay you guys ready to 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 do a little Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Let's do it. And to, right. to set this out, the deal is this is kind of like what the what's in the ether right now. 
what's going on in 2020, what we're seeing. You might be in a town where whatever band we name is, that's it. Y'all talk about them all the time. That's cool. If that happens to be the case and you disagree, hit us, email us at axelgrindpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. But we're just going by what we hear in three different voices, three different set of eyes, three different ears. So we'll go from there. Who wants to kick it off? I'm going to kick it off with a classic. Let's so, go. I think that we're probably going to touch on some very uh, current, newer bands. But I'm going to go with something that I think, and maybe this made some of y'all's list, a perennial that needs to be properly put into perspective. Hate breed. Oh, Okay, so how do we want to do this? I haven't thought through this. Do we want to – I think maybe the presenter should give their thought, support their case, and then then the the audience, being the other two, here me and Tom, uh, can, can opine and we can try to come to a consensus. Okay. Um, Hatebreed is uh, very long-lived, uh, has 100% a classic acknowledged – by virtually everybody at this point, though, for a time there was dissenters, uh, and uh, in some ways changed hardcore forever. Whether you think that's good or bad, uh, so with those bona fides uh, out of the way, are they overrated or underrated or properly rated in 2020? Okay, let's look at the facts. They've had more okay records or mm, records than they've had great records. Okay, so where's that place True. them? Well, that places them as a classic band. That's ninety nine. Like, what are you going to do? Put out fucking ten fucking albums of great material? Almost nobody's got that inside them. So, uh, I would say most uh, there's not a Hebrew record that doesn't have a good song. That's let's just get that out of the way. There, there's no pure pieces of shit in the Hebrew discography. Um, they've gone in different directions, album to album, but just slightly just slightly. And usually it's a more metal direction and that's the direction. Uh, I'm going to say that there was a time when Hatebreed was overrated. That time is over. Uh, and now I think that they might even be slightly underrated. Okay. Tom, what's your opinion? Um, (coughs) excuse me. I would say, given Pat's argument, I would think that they are properly rated because people know how great the first like three records are still. I don't think that's like, that's not lost on anyone. New people even know that. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're, they're not overrated. Um, and I don't think, I don't think they're underrated because they're still really popular. So I would say they're probably appropriately rated. I am going to lean, get ready for this, that they are slightly underrated right now because I, I mm. think <clears throat> there are so many acolytes of the Church of Hatebreed um, and that I don't know that they always get the nod for that influence that they deserve. Um, more true. so, more yeah, right, more so than... Bands I like much more than them. <clears throat> the Chromags are incredible. Lots of people like to say the Chromags are an influence, and that's true. But if you actually listen, pen to paper, playing the notes, Hatebreed probably has ten times the disciples than the Chromags do sonically. No um, question. And they have 
they have influence that's like generational classics too. Like I'm going to be real. Is terror not influenced by hate breed? They are. They're 100%. 100%. Yes. I mean, lowest to the low, the song is burial for the living by hate breed. And terror is a classic band in their own right. So, um, and, and, and I mean, we could sit here and list all the bands. They range from bands on the much heavier side of things, a much more metalcore side of things, to like things that are in the triple B world that are very hate breed influenced. I think there have been moments where the talk, the chatter on them was a little loud, probably a touch overrated here or there, but in reality, for their size, they were probably prop- properly rated. Uh, I'm going slight underrated. Wow. Okay. All right. Tom, you're up. All right. Um, all right. I'm going to go. All right. So I'm switching up my picks here. Nice. Um, properly rated, overrated, or underrated in 2020. Background music, American Nightmare. Ooh, okay. My argument in 2020 that it is underrated. That they seem to have kind of come to a little bit of a fork in the road. And I think that record, you can put it on right now, and I'm, I think Bob would agree with me, and it's still fucking awesome. And I don't think – I think it's kind of – been lost for a little bit they had their moment when they did the reunions and stuff that were like fucking gigantic that i think you know in the last eight years they've actually kind of become underrated um pat you want to go give your response then i'll give mine yeah they were wildly overrated in my view no disrespect and now they uh, are underrated in a very real way yeah uh tom you nailed it Exactly as I would have put it. Um, citing that specific record, too, was a good way to do it. Um, I think, much like I said with Hatebreed, there – and you know what? It's interesting. There there was a time when they were current and very – you know, like they had bands who tried to sound like them sonically right away. But then as you move down the line, less and less, and you get waves, you get a few here and there, but it's a pretty specific sound, so not very often. Right. I mean, True Love is the only one current that I could kind of... Right, right, within the last few years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Wes's vocal style had such a uh, far-reaching range that I think there was a lot of people who pulled from that. We've talked about his lyrical influences before. It should not go unstated. (laughs) That's still there. and you're you're totally right. Their name and legacy, and their popularity almost overshadows their quality as musicians and, and the records they put out, which is kind of crazy. Right. Their so, logo is more known than their record right now, for sure. So so yeah, um, underrated. The uh, as a band, as an act, maybe underrated. Uh, the record maybe maybe even more than a little underrated, um, and probably deserves time and attention if you haven't revisited or or sat with it for a while it's a really good record it's a game changer at the time but even still uh very like a a strong listen when you put it on and and has few peers in that range for me yeah i mean it's still a classic to me but okay 
Um, geez, all right. Given the ones we've done so far, where do I go? All right. I am going with SSD. <clears throat> do you think... Okay, let me go through this a different way. The OG shirt t-shirt band. Yes. yes. Have one record that is superior. Get it away. It's a great record. The kids will have their say. Uh, is an awesome looking record that has some good songs on it and is pretty good. Like a really like good, good record. <clears throat> I believe and has been this way for a while, they get name-checked more because they have a great logo, great album art, great stories, and good music. But I'm going to say that even in 2020, they're slightly overrated. Wow, interesting. What do you think? That's an interesting take because I was going to say they have been – underrated to properly rated my entire life Mm -hmm. but i don't hold their music in in the regard that you do i think ssd of the like first generation hardcore bands i think they are the weakest right Uh, of of the ones that of the ones that are canon bands for sure Uh, i think that they are the weakest and i've always felt that way uh even though uh you know get it away is like you know if you are, I'm sure that's not the same for a 19-year-old now, but that, that was like essential listening for, like, I, I, that was one of the first records that I was told that, to listen to, you know? For sure. Uh, so, uh, <coughs> always wanted to like it, found it paled in comparison to Bad Brains, paled in comparison to uh, Minor Threat, paled in comparison to Negative Approach, and uh, so to me it never, but it has they are almost forgotten outside of shirts. So, well, that's, I think- that's the part to me is I think that being the shirt band <clears throat> that they are, people should give more, more time and attention to get it away. I could have said, get it away. You know what? I might even say this. I think get it away might be an underrated record, but SSD might be an overrated band. And it's more in that circle, in that kind of field. I think they get name checked. And in reality, I think, I think Jerry's Kids is This My World is a better record than uh, Kids. I think Get It Away is right there. I think it's really good. I think DOIS Brotherhood is as good as Get It Away. Um, And, you know, Dave Small is a douche, but, like, that record's good. And there's a lot of others. I think the Jerry's Kids sound more defines Boston hardcore of that time or Negative Effects, that LP. Um, that stuff defines the sound as much as, if not more than SSD. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a slight overrated. I have to agree. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think they're more, they're the band that everyone says, like they're the band that everyone thinks they have to say that they like. Right. If you're of like a certain genre of hardcore. But there's a reason why people only cover glue. Right. Yeah. No, and, and to me, like like I'm looking I'll I'll pull up the lineup. The album the track listing, forget it away. Glue, Force Down Your Throat. Force Down Your Throat is a fucking memorable song to me. I love that sure. song. The song Get It Away, very good. Under the Influence, 
All right. It's a great song. Actually. Yeah. Nothing done. Great song. The song exclaim. Great song. And the song no reply. Really cool because it's a change up in terms of this record. Like that's a great record. But I feel like the amount of name check that SSD gets versus the amount of people who actually like really fuck with the record is is out of whack and that's why the band maybe is 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 slightly overrated and this record probably underrated mm. so pk where did that, you i think i stepped on it where did you end up on this as a whole i'm gonna say fuck i think underrated honestly because i haven't heard anybody talk about ssd in any real way in a decade mm. so i'm i'm going underrated okay um uh, and all right, if it's my go, You're I'm going to bring us. I'm going to bring us into current year with a controversial one that I think we all have strong feelings about. Oh, let's hear it. Fury. Here's my argument. I thought that the material that they blew up on was okay and not to my liking, and everybody else loved it. And thought it was uh, Bob. You you stand Hold on you stand on it. You you say it's 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 superior. Well, you dropped out. So, you dropped out for a second. Right when oh, you were saying oh, the material so, wasn't to your liking, you dropped out. Okay, so Bob, I was saying to you, you you stand by that full stop. Like you think that that's as good a record in that genre as as we've had in the last decade. Oh no question. So Paramount, what's the name no of that? question. Is that, is that Paramount? Paramount? No. And, and um, failed entertainment is is great. It's a very good. It's an excellent. I mean, to me, uh, it's bookend. I mean, I, I see a very natural progression and think that it holds up really nicely with that record. Back okay, on the so, map, step on it. You know. So I like failed entertainment much more than Paramount, and I might you know I might be in a minority there, but I I think that this band was to my ears overrated, and now I think that they are really underrated and. and I think that happened within the course of one album that is very good. Yes. So I'm, I'm really confused by, by it. Not like, how do you go from like, you, you still delivered high quality product. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Like, it's not like, it's not like we took the veil out from the consumer's eyes and, and they were, Oh, this product's dog shit. You know what I mean? No, they put out a good record. So like, it kind of don't make sense to me, but I think they're currently underrated. Uh, I will. I will say. I think they are underrated. Um, I think they. <clears throat> and, and I'll give my reasoning. I think that record. I think failed entertainment, for whatever reasons, slipped through the cracks to a lot of people. Uh, it's unfortunate. It happened. It's a fantastic record. <laughs> you know, go to runforcoverrecords.com right now and go buy that fucking record. That's a great record. Um, and yeah, they peaked, and it's odd to say that because like maybe they hit their their peak and that was cool but i always felt like there was more there was more for them to there was more mountain for them to climb if they're that is you know the right way but it's like yo you look at a band i think their seven inches fine uh i think their first lp is great and i think their second lp is great that's a lot of fucking material for a hardcore band to be able to go hey we put out two lps that that people really like that's pretty impressive. I've also not heard many people who are dismissive of failed entertainment. I've heard oh. people who just are like, oh, yeah, you know, huh, whatever. 
Fury, uh, but like not people who are like, oh yeah, love the first LP, didn't like the second LP. Bob, is it going to be Suffer Survive where people talk about it in 10 years and are like, yo, that record's dope. Why does nobody give it a shot? Um, it could be. It could be. But it's not as hated at the time. At, and no, it's not. It's at its not own hated. time. Suffer Survive was like straight up hated by a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. This was like anyone who listened to the Fury record actually liked it. Yeah, yeah. And, and here the, the deal with Suffer Survive was it was derided as sellout, new metal, blah, 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 blah. Ten years later, people are like, what, what are you talking about? Like, this one song's weird, but the rest of it's fucking great. Um, the Fury record, I feel like it came out and was met with apathy by the non-listener, which is weird to me because came out on a label who has great energy behind them, run for cover, band did tour. Now, they didn't tour a ton off of it, so maybe yeah. that's something. I can't – That hurts, I would imagine. For sure. Um, this is more accessible than the first record, honestly. I agree. I agree. And I think it sounds good. Um, and you know, I, I talked about this band not long ago, like a week ago with a bunch of people and, and our conversation was, yeah, this is a great band. These two records are great. Um, they were doing a sound that especially right now feels pretty fresh, uh, kind of has its own vibe, even though it checks a lot of different marks I don't know. It's. It, it, I think you're right. I think they are underrated, and and that record is greatly underrated. And I think it's it's a shame because more people should just give it a chance and, and listen to it because I think it's a great listening record. I think you can sit with that record and really enjoy it. There you go. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think I agree. They are underrated. Um, I think both records are really good. I think the touring, like I feel like they were like in New York quite often off of Paramount and maybe once off this record. Right. Um, I wonder, and I, I mean, this is just me speculating. I have no idea if, if it took too long. That could like, be. They didn't like kind of capitalize the, on the juice that they did have. I mean, they had that power trip tour that they did. That was fucking big. They did two nights in New York. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of took too long after the fact to get that record out. I don't know, but I think both records are great. Um, but I, yeah, I think they're 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 underrated right now, and hopefully that'll change. Agree, agree. Um, and yeah, you know that that the time between albums might have played into that. Paramount came out twenty sixteen. Um, Failed Entertainment comes out twenty nineteen. Three years, but that can you know three years can be a long time. <laughs> like just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Tom, you're up. All right. Hold, hold on. I, I've oh. got one thing to say about the oh, please, record. Oh, please, please, please do. Do you think it wasn't different enough and is being penalized for for not committing to the original style but also not going so far afield that it it, it – because my thing is I didn't love Paramount, but this is closer to Paramount than it is to it a completely new sound. And my my question is like, oh, did this band get hammered for like not changing enough? Like for yeah, for not committing to the bit. Like like oh, you only took a half step. So it doesn't give music journalists anything to write about. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if, if you only go like a step towards a new sound, it it's like yeah, if you had gone all the way, people probably would have hated it and shit on you. But 
there's the off chance that they fucking commit all in like, wow. But if you give them just a really great record, that's in a direction, I feel like you get penalized. I mean, I think it's, it's hard. I think it's like many things right now. And here's where I can levy meta criticism at the world. Uh, You know, I think this record is more nuanced. It's a more nuanced, version of paramount that is hinting at and moving towards different things instead of just bludgeoning the listener with them. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know that the, the nudge and the push and the shove are respected as much as just diving, um, or, or nodded at, even though those are the things that deep listeners and acute listeners and people who are going backwards in bands catalogs appreciate the most in my experience. Yeah. Fact. So it's a shame. Uh, and, and hopefully that changes like, yo, let's come out of fucking pandemic and everybody's got the failed entertainment bumping and, and the shows are lit. Let's go. You know, let's do it. Let's do it. Tom. All right. I'm going to go to another record. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So my second choice, um, leeway, the adult crash. Hmm. I don't know how fam- I don't know who's familiar with it or not or whatever. Um, did I ever find th- that poster to give to you? I don't think I did. No. Okay. I'm going to look again. But I soon. would gladly, I have the killing time poster up in my bathroom. Yes. This one would look good on the other wall from the killing time poster in the bathroom. I think. Oh, all right. I can do you that. You know what I mean? Like a nice little, like stare, yeah. <laughs> share stare with Eddie Sutton while I'm shooting a deuce. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, I think this record is quite underrated. Hmm. I think um, I saw them a bunch. This is when they became a four piece and, and uh, it was just AJ Novello on guitar and uh, Michael Gibbons had left. So they're a little less metal. They were definitely, this was the more um, everyone was trying to sound kind of like quicksand orange nine millimeter. Yeah. Um, because that was what was popping. And I think this was their like sort of attempt at it. Um, it's got like, we, I mean, it's, it sounds like a band that we've already talked about, Both Worlds. It's got some of that vibe, but don't let that ta- that throw you off the scent. Um, looking at, like, the track list and stuff, I remember, like, I, I, being a kid and seeing them on these records, on this record particularly. And it's, it's a fucking really, really, really good record. If you're looking for Desperate Measures or Born to Expire, this ain't it, and you'll probably, you might be disappointed. But... I think if you're into kind of like it's it's like super groovy. His voice is still fucking cool. Um, it's heavy. There's some mosh. Um, I think this is like a supremely underrated. Like if most people probably think they died after Desperate Measures, and I think this is like incredibly underrated. Hmm. I cannot speak with any confidence to this. I couldn't name a song. Wow. All right. I am going to say hmm, hmm, hmm. Leeway's journey has been fascinating to me. Uh, when I got in stuff uh, in the late 90s, Leeway, uh, like Calgon, was shipped to every uh, weird young punk kid in, in my town. So we all fuck with Born to Expire and it's certainly a little desperate measures here and there um, and some more. And I checked out... Um, Adult Crash and what is the other last kiss? Open What's mouth, the uh, open, uh, open mouth, mouth kiss? Yes, open mouth kiss. Uh, shortly after and at nineteen twenty, those were not what I was looking for. That said, 
fast forward 10, 12 years. And there was so much love for those leeway records. And, and like, it seemed like there was this weird in the same way that Chromag's alpha Omega, some of the other like early nineties records by bands. I mean, there was a moment where if um, one voice was getting a lot of play, you know? Um, and, and look, not to be unkind or untoward. When I revisited those records older, I was like, Oh, Okay. Okay, you know, like I, I definitely didn't give them enough change. That said, the Leeway records haven't stuck with me. There was a moment where I would have said overrated, but that moment passed a while ago. And I think if you like anything on the heavier side, but also some groove, and if you if you like early '90s New York hardcore, you should absolutely check this record out. And I'm going to go with Tom. I, I think it's I think it's underrated right now. I'm trying to look. Hold on, give me one second. I'm looking to see if it's. It is somehow not available on streaming. The only record that is available on streaming is is um, Open Mouth Kiss, which is also fucking pretty great. Or at least that oh. first half is pretty great. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there i just want to point out that this record is 42 minutes long 43 actually that's fucking crazy maybe you turn it off by the end one of the songs is like seven and a half minutes long yeah so that'll, uh, that'll do it that'll throw that'll off do the it. average uh, All right. Okay. Uh, Who's up? Bob, I'm up. I'm up. All right, guys. <clears throat> so what do we got? We got. Uh, 
I'm going to throw this one on the table. Bane. Oh, interesting. I believe that right now, in this moment in time, and this is not to say, you know, there's been some excitement over their last set being video being released and all that. Yep. I am not, that's notwithstanding. I think they might be a touch underrated right now. And this is coming from a non-Bane fan. A non-Baniac. A non-Baniac. Because when they were active, they had moments where they peaked and and dropped, like most bands who are a full-time touring act. But you saw, almost from inception point with Bane, waves of bands they influenced. Waves. And there were bands who picked different parts of their career to really do, but they really influenced <clears throat> a few different waves. And I think they're still influencing bands who are, you know, uh, trying to do something that's not quite melodic hardcore, but that has some more tunefulness to it or, or has some longer parts or sort of finds itself in between spaces. Uh, I think they're sort of underrated. And I think it's historically, this is a point where, maybe young people are getting into Bane at the lowest rate they ever have because the band's literally not around. And they broke up just long ago enough that people sort of don't have it on radar. Um, and I, I won't be surprised if we start to see over the next couple of years people like, yo, this Give Blood record, what about this shit? Oh, damn. You know, um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say I think they're a little underrated right now. Okay, so I I almost can't comment on this because my timeline is inundated with excitement about that last show uh, video finally coming out. Yeah, so, that's like forty year olds that were at the show and are trying to find themselves on the video. Correct. That, okay, there's some of that for sure. Not to be a dick. Um, I mean, I watched the goddamn thing. I was there. <laughs> I I'm gonna say uh, probably. Listen, I think that this band was really underappreciated in their last couple of years as a band. Uh, people took them yeah, for granted. The oh, really? See, I think. Go on. No, I'm sorry. No, I think like there was a time that they were underappreciated. That's what, oh, yeah. Kind of, no, no, but towards the end, I think they were when it was their last. You know, when the fucking they were driving the hearse down the street, everybody was coming out of the woodwork to say goodbye. Yes, but if I were them, I would have sprayed machine gun fire at the at the people coming through because it. it it pissed didn't piss me off, I guess, because they got to choose how they wanted to do things and they had a great career. But what I'm saying is they were really taken for granted. Like, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not counting that last tour because you're right. People came out in a, in a almost no disrespect to our listeners that went and connected and had a great time. But there was like a, like a too little too late vibe for me where it was like, Hey guys, this, you took this band for granted for the last three years because they, they come through twice a year no matter what. Right, and right, you, right. And you took that for granted. You thought it was going to last forever. But in fact, these these people's bodies are getting older and they're going to decay eventually. They can't, they're not going to be playing for you when you're 40. So why don't you like come out and support? And uh, I don't even mean that in a hardcore community support sort of way. I mean like, uh, hey, you enjoy this. And you are just now thinking that you can turn it on and turn it off like it's a uh, like on-demand streaming network now, you know? And right. So 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. People showed their love at that last tour for sure. Right. They got the flowers before they died. Yeah, yeah that's not yeah. wrong. That's that's not wrong. And maybe part of that is leaning to why I think they're a little underrated right now because afterwards it seemed like there was a uh, there was a lot of people of a certain age who it was like that was it that was the f- swan song, and <laughs> no pun intended. They bowed, right? They bowed yeah. out, um, and then there was the fanfare was gone. You know, so uh, there was a lot of volume, and then not. I mean, I feel like for a lot of people that was like, all right, so hardcore's over now, right? Like we're all going home now. Like it was like the last game of the World Series. Like everybody just like walked out and like, well, all right, see you guys when oh, I see yeah. you. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was definitely a lot of people, which is you know a lot of people, sure. Yeah. Um. So where did you guys end up? Where are you at with that, Pat? Are you overrated, Pat, you underrated, properly rated? I'm gonna say this second, properly rated. Right, right. This is a tough one because I would say, oh, you underrated. Probably, yeah, right, right, right. This is tough because because, because that video. <laughs> yeah, this week they're the biggest hardcore band in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and and just the lay the rollout and stuff, and them using it to raise money for Stu, which is fucking all like it's they're in the fucking zeitgeist again. But I think you know between then and now, between the that show and now, when that show in fucking end of May, they were pretty underrated because I think they're a band and. I mean, I'm a huge fan, and I think they're a band that you can't – I don't know if you can listen to the records and really get it because, quite honestly, in my all my years of going to shows and playing shows, like some of the most fun shows I've ever played and I've ever attended have been Bane shows because, like, the crowds that they drew, it wasn't like, you know, I'm here for fucking – you know, you you play shows and it's like, oh, I'm here for Converge and I couldn't give a fuck about your band. Or yeah. I'm here for American Nightmare, who gives a shit about you. Like Bane shows were like, oh, they drew like everybody. So it was like for invariably sure. you were going to have a good show because there's definitely some crossover. No matter what fucking type of music you play, there's going to be kids at the show for Bane that also like your band. Right. And and like, like it's incredible. Like that doesn't happen often. Yeah. As somebody who, you know, yeah, they were never my band, never been. I, I really liked, but. But it is funny because they left a vacuum there where they were a band who crossed a lot of lines. And like, quite honestly, exactly what you said. They pulled out a lot of different kids. Bane was the band for kids who felt like they didn't fit in at a lot of other band shows. And at a Bane show, they felt they felt OK. And that's that's a really like that's that's more of a compliment, in my opinion, than me being like, yeah, I fucking like the records like, yo, they they made people feel good at their shows when they didn't feel good at other shows. Right. If they were, there were a lot of, I mean, Bob, you've seen them probably a thousand times. Yes. <laughs> Whether or not you, you know, like you went to see somebody else or whatever, yeah. Yeah. but like you're, you never were like, yo, this is garbage. You're like, oh, this no. is fucking, you, you never even had to like the records or the band to be like, I get it. Like, this is fucking cool. Yeah, I, 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 saw them, I saw them in a down period where the, there was probably a hundred or fewer kids at a show and they were fucking still live as shit. You know what I mean? Still just a great fucking band. Yeah, I mean, we played – MPB played some show at Valentine's with them and it was fucking insane. Oh, yeah. I mean because them in a fucking tiny – but I think they're one of those bands that like – but I wonder if they'll forever remain underrated – 
because, I mean, maybe they'll come back. Who the fuck knows? I mean, you really don't know. But, I mean, they're going to be five years older, seven years older than they were in that video. If it comes back around, I'm not saying, I don't know anything. I'm just saying, if, if I'm just taking bets because the hardcore bands never stay away. Yeah. But I think they're a band that, like, the rec- as great as the records may be, if you didn't, like, and this is not some, like, old man, like, if you didn't see them, bro, like, you know, how people talk about, like, Bad Brains in 82 or something. Yeah. But, like, if you didn't get to, like, witness it, like, you can still really love it, but there's, like, this one piece that you'll never totally get the full fucking scope of what they did. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, and I, I right now I think they're, you know, prior to the show being shown on the World Wide Web, I think they're pretty, they were pretty underrated. Yeah, Did anybody watch kinda, that, by the way? No. <laughs> Have not. It's it's fun. It's very long. They played for two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they played like songs that I was like, oh, never thought I'd hear this again. Funny thing. Listener of the show, friend of the show, Joe Sansone, is featured in the um, in the video because about three songs in, he announces to Zach that he lost his wedding ring. Oh. And like 17 songs later, what comes floating up to the stage but Joe's wedding ring. It's insane. No shit. It's insane. And, oh, and a fucking – and a 2300 – like a packed palladium. Someone sent it up and Zach proposed to him on stage and Joe said yes. Nice. But Joe was like, I'm going to have to go home. Like, my wife's going to fucking kill me. Like, I'm a dad and I'm husband and I'm stage diving and I'm, it was so sweaty in there that I lost my wedding ring. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's when you're having a great time and you're all like, it's probably the way that people that are like really strung out on cocaine are where they're like, I'm having a great time and boy, am I scared for it. <laughs> like I felt like it was like that probably like he could probably watch the video now and enjoy it more than he enjoyed the show in person because he was like, fuck, I lost the ring. Like, what am I going to do? But um, it's a yeah, it's a, you know, it was it was a fun watch. Um, yeah. So fun. so pain. All right. Uh, Patrick, you are up. Uh, before we go any further, how many episodes of Chicago Fire have you seen? Not as many as your dad. I'm going to go zero. Yeah, I'm at zero. I'm at zero. So uh, I am staying uh, this last few days with my friend who uh, has watched every episode of Law & Order, Law & Order SVU, Law & Order Criminal Intent, then Chicago PD, and now is on Chicago uh, uh, Fire uh, and is uh, going to watch Chicago Med after that. Are you aware that those are all in the same universe? You know, I was just going to say that I knew, and it's all in the same day, right? No, no, no. This is all, this is like the, oh, you mean like when they cross over? Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying like, isn't it all, all the shows are on the same like night? The same like night. Television, night. Uh, airing. Like, like 8 o'clock, Chicago Fire. 9 o'clock, Chicago. Oh, oh, the no Chicago time. block. I'm pretty sure there is a Chicago night on, on NBC. But, so he's watched... So because of COVID, he, he, his, this normally highly productive person is not in an office. So they are like – he's still working, but he's working with Chicago Fire on. And he – this is uh, – you know, I'm concerned for him now. This is depression. He was up till 5 in the morning last night. Watch, he watched an entire season in a day. That's like 22 episodes. 
Yo, man, <laughs> different people party Saturday nights differently. Let him live. All right, I'm just concerned. He's just on that Chicago fire. Have you watched a single episode with him? Yeah, I actually watched probably four or five. And Were I'll you in? In the same way that SVU hooks you with how like, you know exactly what's going to happen. You, there's never a question of what's going to happen, but you're just in. Tom, you don't, you, you've never seen SVU, right? Uh, I may be in passing. Right. I've dated people that were obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, I can like, yeah, I, I, I worked in the building that they were like, they would, that would flash on the screen. Oh, that's funny. Like, so I'm like, ah, I'm over this shit. I live this every fucking day without stabler or whatever the fuck. Well, Tom, <laughs> I'll have you know that I'm in the, I, I lived in the city that they're constantly referencing. They say, oh, we got to go up to Albany for this. That's, they do so, go to Albany quite a bit for SVU. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is our capital for some fucking crazy reason. Capital region, man. Get that, that, the, the, go to church and they are 15, you know? Hey, Bob, yes. do, you prefer, do you prefer the capital region or the leather stocking region? I like the leather stocking region. It just has that okay. flair. Um, I like to think of it as the crown jewel of the Empire State. You know what I mean? Mm. Wow. <laughs> um, yo, SVU, Patrick's appreciation and passion for SVU is amazing because it's the least contrarian thing about the dude. This is him being like, yeah, man, I just like Coca-Cola and hamburgers and SVU, yeah, you know? The Rolling, the Rolling Stones, good band. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this is his – the like – most lukewarm take guy yeah of his life it's incredible spicy like mayo too spicy guy got it no, yo yeah, that's I, his I, other I, that's I, his I that's his other most popular like usa usa take is he likes mayonnaise you might like mayonnaise more than any human i know now you are vegan mayonnaise but you love mayonnaise yeah i i could honestly eat it with a spoon um so tom you might resent this uh but I think you're going to see the wisdom in it if you think about it. Whenever I talk about, whenever I talk about normal guy, like true normie, I go, I call him Mets shirt. Uh, it, Mets it is, shirt. All right. Yeah, like Mets shirt guy. Mets shirt wears a Mets shirt and some shorts and some New Balance, and he's, uh, you know, he's he's just living life. He's he's going to his job. He's an actuary, and he enjoys uh, tossing the ball around with his kid on the on. The weekends at night, he comes home. It's a long commute, uh, but he's happy to see his wife. Things are mostly good. Money's sometimes a problem. Uh, they they got a sister in law who's on drugs. It's this always is a normal guy. You're right. Normal guy. Normal guy. And it's Mets dude, the pure normie. This is this but, is Patrick as he sits on his couch, opining, eating mayonnaise out of a jar with a spoon, watching SVU. Is like, man, all these normal people out here. Fuck them. Yeah. I, I go death to normies. Re so uh, here's here's another band, a, another current band. Uh, that I'm, I'm curious. This is a cool. Well, we'll get into it. Akulu. Okay. And so, where are you at? So Akulu, I think, is my favorite current band that doesn't have an LP out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I think that the two the two seven inches are superior pieces of hardcore. I think they're great. And uh, in the same way that people want candy to pop, people want Akulu to pop. But unlike candy, Akulu might be fine 
hanging in the cut and just being a good regional hardcore act. Candy has bigger ambitions, there's no doubt. And Akulu may or may not, I've never spoken to them about it. I don't know that. I, but for that reason, it almost makes them impossible to rate. You know what I mean? Like it almost makes them impossible to say overrated, underrated, because they're still a very small act. They've only got these two records out to my knowledge. Maybe. No, that's yeah. it. I mean, they have a, a live tape and that's it. Yeah. So my, my question is, where do you put a band like this that has buzz, but isn't actively capitalizing on it in the way that we've seen other bands capitalize? So I personally think underrated. Oh, okay. Um, okay. At this second, I think. All right. They are. Man, I'm going to lean underrated, but I'm going to go properly rated. I think that the hype and excitement about that band, it's real. I can't wait for their next record, but. Right now, it feels like when you got a new toy you love, but it fell behind the dresser because there was a fucking pandemic. Mm. You know, and I, I don't say that gently. I say it in the way like they, it's a little out of sight, out of mind. I'm sure there are still people listening. Like, yo, those Akulu EPs are fucking great. And like, I'll tell you what, COVID-19 better not take the Kulu record from us. That, that shit better not happen. Like, <laughs> I I, I'm going to start smashing stuff if that happens. Um, so right now, I'm going to say properly rated, lean a little bit underrated. But I think there was a lot of talk, a lot of buzz, well-earned for that band um, last year. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you know what? I tend to agree with Bob. I think, um, I think yeah, properly rated, those two sandwiches are dope. But maybe I'm a little bit removed. I don't feel like they've done that much yet. So it's not like they've like been like fucking playing, you know, weekends every week. You know what I mean? For, you know, or going on tours and stuff like that. So it's not like, hey, we put all this great stuff out. No one's paying attention. I think like the amount of buzz and attention they've gotten is commensurate to the amount of like shows they've played. Okay, you know that, I mean? that might be true. That might be true. I, mean, I think this, the, the stuff is great, and I look forward to the LP. But I think people aren't – you know, people are – the people that have seen them are not sleeping on them. So I think right. they're appropriately right. – you know what yeah, I mean? Like they're, they're, they're undeniable they're once you get into them. But like not everyone's seen them yet. So like you know, we could have this conversation in three years, and then it might be more um, – more accurate once they play more shows and they tour or whatever they are able to do, you know? Yeah. The the only thing I don't want to do in three years with them is that I don't want them to be a, uh, what could have been banned because they are too good for that. Um, and you know, what's going to be interesting is if I think most fastball pitch, hardcore kids, people who just like a lot of just down the middle, hardcore fuck with a Kulu already. You like triple B. You probably like a Kulu. But I wonder if they can catch people who are into the heavier side. You know, maybe the never-ending game head or the people who are like, yeah, I fuck with Year of the Knife and, and, and then heavier shit, but n- not necessarily more of the Triple B catalog. 
um, if they if a Kulu just by virtue of being really good and talented and having a sound that leans to some of the more moshy stuff, but not that kind of moshy. But if they can get some of that audience, it's going to be interesting. With it, Tom, you're up. <clears throat> um, hmm. All right, I'm going to go. Life of Agony, a River Runs Red. Ooh. I think it's par- properly rated because everybody loves it because it's a great fucking record. It's literally one of my favorite records ever, and it might just be a weird time and place Brooklyn bias for me. Um, but it's legit. Like every song on it to me is still fucking a banger. Um, and I think you know they've they were a joke. They they were kind of a joke for a while in hardcore. In yeah. the 90s and the early aughts. Yeah. But I think now um, hardcore kids are, are – are, have – you know, are, are permitted to, um, to love them and to love Biohazard. But I would think this record is properly rated because it's fucking great. Tom, you saw, you, you saw Life of Agony how many times? <laughs> uh, probably L- 20. L- Lamore's era? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw them when he still had a keyboard and stuff. Okay, so when she had was, his keyboard, sorry. was it fucking? Was it an event when they played, or yes. was it okay? Um, so it wasn't well, like uh, like hardcore band we all like is playing. We're all going to come out. We're going to have a good time. It's more like oh shit, this is. I'm looking forward to this. I mean, they would play often. But it was still like – so it was like hardcore band that people liked plus like the random guy from Flatbush that likes fucking Sabbath. Right. So it would be you know the same kids that were going to see Marauder and Dark Side and Confusion going to see Life of Agony. And there, there was also the guys that like you know have a fucking Deep Purple signed record on their fucking <laughs> You know what I mean? Like or whatever. You know, like those dudes. Every, the guys that look like Tony Iommi. You know what I'm saying? Like – yeah. They also so, like Life Agony. So, Tom, I'm going to say uh, if you think this record's great, I think it is currently underrated. If you think it's good, I think that there is an acknowledgement and it's properly rated. Hmm. I am going to say um, I think it's properly rated. I think that there was a new discovery syndrome for a generation of people my age and younger with this record. Now there were some people I want to give credit to, uh, Nick Woj and George from blacklisted and a handful of that, that group of people who, who were definitely into life of agony when it wasn't cool. Like, like it wasn't cool. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, blacklisted covering by a covering river, um, river runs red and, uh, uh, reach the sky used to cover River runs red too. That's right. But, but for a long time they weren't cool. Um, and, I remember it being 2004, five when, when there was this surge and it was like new toy syndrome. Again, I'm doing the new toy thing, but it was like, people were like, Oh, Hey, check this out. This band's awesome. It's different. It's like not hardcore, but it's not totally not hardcore. It's like right there. Um, I think it's properly wrote I think there was a time when you would have caught me being like, yo, everybody needs to relax life of <laughs> just chill out yeah yeah uh, but but especially speaking of river runs red uh as much as i like the song weeds um i think that river runs red is a very good 
good record um, for that style of stuff. And and like, uh, there's a large swath of Life of Agony stuff that I could do without, and I don't fall in for much of this stuff. But that record's good. As a super fan, I agree with that. Right. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. I, I think it's properly rated right now. I think because it's on radar, but it's not like. It's on radar in that way that it's like, oh, you like these kind of things, X, Y, Z. You haven't heard that? Oh, you got to hear that. But if somebody's like, oh, you like Discharge and uh, Venom and, um, you know, uh, the like the uh, Finnish hardcore, maybe I'm not going to point you at the Life of Agony CD section. But, probably not. You know? probably, yeah. But but That's I fair. but I think uh, I think it's in a properly rated zone now, and it's definitely a record. People, if you haven't heard it, it's it's worth listening to. Mm. Okay, I'm up. You're what up. do you want? Do you want um, do you want 90s, 80s, or today? Give me 90s. All right, Unbroken. I think. Mm. Okay, here, this is going to be game in the game. Patrick, what do you think I'm going to say? Underrated, probably rated, or overrated? Right now. Uh, I think you're going to, say, I think you're going to uh, arrive at properly rated. Okay. Tom, what do you think I'm going to say? Um, I would think, first blush, I would think you're going to say overrated, mm-hmm. but I think you're, you're a wild card and you're going to surprise us. I think it's underrated uh, because, Ow. again, I'm not a fan of this band really. But I think that there's less talk about them now than like 10 years ago. This is a band who was getting a lot of talk. And 20 years ago, this was a band who was name checked by every band. Um, could not could not go to a show without a Life, Love, Regret right. sweatshirt. And, could not. And in the last yeah. five years is the only time I can think of where the Life, Love, Regret sweatshirts have maybe been packed in the box or hung in the closet a little more. Um, they still have some super fans. But I think – with a lot of the sound that's out there right now, I'm surprised they aren't bigger because I think there's people who fall on two different branches. They're more metalish tinged side of things. There's bands who are kind of who right now, who I think people could easily point and go, Hey, you should check out Unbroken," And then bands who are more on the like melodic or more modern hardcore town sound that could also point directly at unbroken and go, yeah, ch- check that out. I'm going to say that they are, yeah, you know what? Underrated makes sense to me, but I don't love all of their, I, I only love a very small amount of oh, their work. Oh, let me be clear. I don't really like any of their work. Yeah. That, but this makes it tough though, because super influential. Yep. Um, but fuck. Could you still uh, see their sound today? Well, we've talked about it. You do and you don't. Now people think that they're playing like, I don't even know. Like maybe they think that they're borrowing more from HopeCon than they are from. Uh, oh, oh! I mean, I think they're definitely a step removed right now. I think yeah. there's people who think they're borrowing, and and maybe two steps. You know what I mean? Like there's bands who are siphoning Unbroken through two or three different bands, and they could have taken it eight different ways, and that's okay. And like to be honest, if a band is taking it from two steps removed, it's it's further down the tree, but. Um, I'm not seeing a ton of revisit for them like we have in years past. Like, you know, and it's not just my timeline, but I see more talk about Turning Point than Unbroken, and that's interesting to me. Uh, yeah, just that that Unbroken. Uh, so, I don't know. So maybe arrived, it's fatigue. I, you know? at, 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say, fuck. There needs to be more acknowledgement, even if I, so. Yeah, underrated probably works for me. Tom, as the uh, the podcast super fan of Unbroken, yes, I would say they're um, in 2020. I think they're underrated because I think, I mean, and that's kind of how it goes. To be quite honest with you, like you influence bands, they become the thing, and then the bands after them think they're copying you know what i'm saying like that's it's a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy sooner or later you can't find the original anymore that's true yes and i think that's what happens with unbroken you know um life of um it's it's uh it's a hard sound to recreate because i don't think anyone actually sounds like that Mm -hmm. if you really look at that record no one actually sounds like that no, I think well, that when people take different parts from that, and like, and it's, I don't know if anyone's wholesale just gone. Let's take that, you know, right? But like, everyone took the look. But I mean, like, when people count Unbroken as a as a um, an influence, I think more often than not, they're talking about like the aesthetic and the Circus seventy seven record. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know. I mean, Indecision was fucking jocked fucking unbroken but i don't know if you could really listen to it i mean there's some things that are a little on the nose that we realize now um but i don't think um anyone because i feel like they were just like this like ragtag group of people together that didn't really make sense like the drummer wasn't really playing what you think the drummer should be playing because it was you know what i mean like i don't know if he was always the drummer i you know it was like um I think the riffs were like played a different tempo than the drums were being played. It's like all over the fucking place. I love it, but like I can get why people don't all totally get it. Um, but I mean, I legitimately think absentee debate created like its own subgenre of hardcore. Um, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. You know what I mean? Any band that has like a rock feel to their band is probably more because of that song than almost anything but like black flag. Um, but yeah, I, th- I would think they're underrated cause I feel like in 2020, there's not nearly enough talk about them. True. Mm. Patrick, you're up. Okay. Uh, this one comes courtesy of our man, Zach, who, uh, you outsourced. Well, no. Are you no, talking no, Zach no, Carlin? Well, Zach Carlin got me thinking. I think I'm I know here. I have it on my list too, for the same reason, but please go ahead. Is that right? Yeah, so go for it. Uh, go in, dog. He, he ID'd a thing that I I had I would never recognize. Completely incredible. But, yeah, but so uh, there is a late era uh, converge song, Runaways, Runaways, um, that uh, it, during uh, kind of a bridge of sorts, I guess, th- it interpolates a Poison Idea song, and it is really really well done and it is a beautiful nod (laughs) yeah it's the song runaway um on all we love we leave behind uh i mean it's it's really direct if it's i mean but it's it's done in the converge way it's tasteful um yeah yeah, tom Tom, it's it's not it's not an exact it's not an exact it's not dun 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 dun. I, I, i would call it 
a very purposeful nod and interpolation. Oh, I see. Okay. And it's, it's, uh, it pulls from the song Gone for Good off the uh, Feel the Darkness record. So, Tom, your conversation I, about The Rock, that's the only other band I'd throw in this conversation is Poison Idea. That makes sense. I can hear that. So, Poison Idea, at different times in my life, has been so overrated that it made me, it turned me off to the band. And in 2020, I think that they are very much underrated. And that's because I think that for the same reason, Unbroken maybe, that now the bands that think, now now bands that play in their genre, they might wear the shirts, but I don't think that they're honestly referencing uh, Poison Idea. I think they're going a step between Poison Idea and where they're at now. And so I'm going to say influential, uh, important band to a lot of people, but I don't see the, I don't see the commitment or fervor that I used to. Yeah, agree. Um, they still have their church. They still have quite uh, an army of disciples and maybe I'm out of touch a bit with, with a younger wave of that. But, um, and, and, you know, to be honest, Poison Idea is a band who in the more like mainstream hardcore world has peaked. It, it's peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys in terms of them getting acknowledged. And, and they certainly don't get placed in that same tier of, of like credibility at Bad Brains, Minor Threat, Black Flag by the like down the line hardcore kid. But by people just one step over, they do. And there's a reason for it. They have several albums that are fucking great. Um, And while I tend to lean, like, I love the early, early material. I love Pick Your King. um, You'll find that there's people who lean all over their catalog. And Feel the Darkness is a later record. It's probably my favorite LP of theirs. So um, underrated right now, but it surges. There's certainly times where if you're listening to the wrong people, it, you, you could almost get overload on poison idea, but, but I also understand yeah. it because there's, they're, they're the kind of band who has such a catalog that you can get into it and immerse yourself. So underrated, okay, so, underrated in 2020. So Bob, Bob's got a point. If you go to Denver, if you go to the Pacific Northwest, uh, based on what is popping there, you might find like a real acolyte sort of like contingent there. But I'm going to say, Northeast, I think they're sub Jerry's kids in how they're regarded. You know what I mean? I, I think that they are right now. Yeah, more, maybe like largely a second rung. If, if like a nod, but not a, a nod, but not a listen. Yeah. Tom, I'm going to say something in the Northeast. They're sub kill your idols. Yes. Okay. I'll go with that for sure. For a band that was like tied in with them. Like they played a lot of shows together. Oh, for sure. I don't know if they ever played, but like, they were, you know, they were definitely kind of kindred spirits for a moment. Well, and, and I think uh, the Kill Your Idols dudes would say, hey, a large a large part of our musical influence is, is at the feet of this band. Fuck yeah, absolutely. They definitely would. Um, I think they're underrated in, in 2020 in, like, the general hardcore scene as it is. Like you said, there's always going to be a fucking subgenre that always fucking, you know – looks at them with the regard that they deserve. But I think like, like general population, hardcore 
is not checking for poison idea. Hopefully I'm wrong, but that's, that's a vibe that I get. Um, so quick question. I think people are, it, they are getting a little bit of a rebirth because everyone keeps quoting the badge. That's true. There we uh, go. There you go. Relevant. Okay. <laughs> um, here's a question. Is there art iconic, hideous or both? Both. Their arc, mm. iconic hideous or both. Um, their album art. Oh, their album art. Okay. Um, I mean, the Tiny Tim thing is hideous, but awesome. It's terrible to look at. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it 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 it, it goes record to record. It is iconic and it is ugly. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think I thought you said arc, like the their career arc, um, and I thought that was actually an interesting question too because. Just because it's I think they, they I think they had moments where their band did quite well. Um and then other moments where it was like eh, you know, but they yeah. kept trucking and it's really interesting. I mean, they're they're kind of a fascinating band if you dig into their, their history and everything. That's like yeah. they are first wave um they were the first wave of like fans of early, early hardcore who were like, oh, let's let's start collecting records. That's why it was always yes. kind of the record collectors are pretentious assholes thing was, was like an inside joke because those dudes were the ones who was like, oh, here's these singles that are for order. I'm going to order three, <laughs> you know? Yep. Right, right, right. So. And they also probably made a pretty penny off of, you know, Pantera covered them. Oh, yeah. For the Crow soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. They covered the badge on the Crow soundtrack. Yes, they did. How did that so, not jump out at me? Before I'm hoping said Big Champion and fucking Jerry A made a fucking shit ton of money in publishing off of that. Yeah, I hope so that's too, because cool. that—that's—that's that's when soundtracks really mattered, and that—that yes. that one, that, that, one that one, yeah, double mattered. So, all right, cool. Um, good pull, PK. I will take that off my list. Tom, you're up. All right. Um, all right. I got two left. Right. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, which way are we going? These are two bands. I don't know the familiarity. Well, I'm going to just shoot shoot my shot, as they say. Um, Do it. Sam, I am. Oh, okay. Properly underrated, properly rated, or overrated? I think they are wildly underrated. I think for anyone under. 35 is not listening to Sam. I am. And I'd have to say you're kind of missing out. Cause I think you'd love it given what's popular and kind of, um, you know, and what's on the next wave. Like title fight, yeah. If you like title fight, you could fuck with Sam. I am. I think uh, fiddlehead. If, if I think like the dudes in fiddlehead. It's where yeah. drug church. Yeah, yes. I, I, I mean, Drug Church, straight up, uh, Archers of Loaf and Sam I Am uh, played through the wrong equipment is what Drug Church is. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, look, um, so you said underrated. I think it's almost undeniably underrated right now. Uh, Fiddlehead would probably tell you Sam I Am is among their top influences. If not number hmm. one, it's in the top two. Um, and I think Title Fight's a good point. I think Drug Church is a great point. I think there's a whole wave of bands who are, are looking at that and going, "Oh, they got some cool guitar stuff going on." Um, yeah, I, I think premium melodic vocals. It's like it's fucking great. Yeah, I think underrated. I think uh, and and maybe a band who 
you know, a few bands on here we've talked about have had moments where they peak and valley. I think Sam I Am largely for the last 20 years, 20 years, so since 2000, has been pretty underrated and has quietly remained an influence in these little pockets that have often gotten quite big. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, they're a band that you'll see like, you know, it, I mean, they're not playing in front of 40 people, no, but no. They, they draw the like – I used to like punk crowd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I used to like hardcore show. I used to go to shows in New Brunswick and now I'm coming to this weird bar in Cranford, wherever the fuck, wherever that place is up in uh, Northern Jersey where they do shows. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think Cranford is where it is. Andy, the guy, Andy does the shows there. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of the fucking place. Um, Mexicali blue. No. Oh, that, that was, they did a Mexicali spot for a minute. That's not that's not the place I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of fuck whatever it is. But they're like you know they're one of those bands. It's like well now we come and play here, like you know once every twelve eighteen months. Yeah, it does well, but it's like it's people that are like you know breaking out their their best hot water music shirt. You know what I mean? And haven't been to a show in eighteen yeah, months. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the the aging working purple person working person the fest crowd. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it, did you ever? I got a, a funny story. Oh, did we all? Did we all vote? Pat. What, no. What was your? Yeah, you didn't vote. I, yeah. I I'm gonna say uh, not rated on any level. Right. So you. So is that automatically underrated? Yeah. That's automatic. That's super that's automatic underrated. Yeah. 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 But I think some of those songs are so fucking great, man. Like lyrically, everything. Yep. I wish he wasn't so anti straight edge, which kind of bums me out. But. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you've, did you ever, they played um, uh, Santos Party House, probably like, I mean, God knows how long it was now, but it was a friend's band model home opening, Walter Schreifel's main support, Yep. Sam I Am headlining. Mm. Um, so say it's like, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, say it's now it's like nine 30, nowhere, Walter Schreifel's nowhere to be found. <laughs> Yeah. Now it's Sam I am set time. They're like, all right, we're just gonna go up there. And they called Walter on speakerphone on stage and put the mic up to the speaker. And we're like, hey man, what's going on? He's like, No, nothing, you know, on the way to the show. And he's like, Um, we're we're playing right now. Hmm. And Walter's like, What? He's like, I'm on the bridge. And he's like, I thought we were going on at eleven or something. He's like, No, the show has to be over by eleven. <laughs> he's like, Oh fuck. He missed the whole thing. That's very funny. That's really yes, good. Which I mean, it's very apropos for, for Mr. Schreifels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was psyched to see Walter, but he didn't show. But I heard his voice, so it was close. <laughs> good moment. Have, it was a very good moment. Have either of you heard the Sam I Am record from 2011, Trips? No. Yes. How is it, Tom? It's good. Like I feel like they're a band that's like – they have a formula down – that even if it's not going to like, it's not, it may not knock you on your ass, like capsize or whatever, but like, you're still like, this is good and listenable. I can always listen. They're never a band that you're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. 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 They've I'm written the same song 15 times, but it's very like, and they're coming out with a new record like soon. Interesting. And I, you know, I think then you'll never be disappointed by their output. Cause they just have it like so locked in that it's like, yeah, I get it. Nice. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, do I go recent modern era? Do I go way, way back or do I go somewhere in between? Um, way, way back. 
I, I, yeah, let's go way back. Although, uh, what do you think about, we have others to address, but what do you think about the, like, we're about two forty-five in by the time we're done with this part or one fifty rather. Let's, let's uh, each do, I'm doing this one and then we'll do one more and then that's the five. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're doing a five. Yeah. All right. Cool. Go on. Uh, dead Kennedys. I am going to say they're an interesting case because for a long time, like a long time, they were starter kit punk band. You go to the mall and you get a Dead Kennedy CD. You know, yeah. you discover the record store, you get a Dead Kennedy CD. I don't think that's true anymore. I think they get skipped over quite a bit. I don't think if you skip over them, many people go back. I'm going to put them, but, but, but on the other side of that, they still get name checked and there's still people who reference them and they are still one of the most iconic punk bands, period. Full stop. I think they're slightly underrated in terms of being a band who, to me, at least has one record that is almost like you're almost losing out if you don't listen to fresh fruit fruit for rotting vegetables if you don't know that record if you've never gotten a chance to listen to it you're missing out they did stuff on that record that i don't think has totally been replicated but there's been plenty who tried and it has just even with even if somebody like jellaby offers vocals are unbearable on other material to you which is true for me that record is brilliant so i'm going to say dead kennedys are underrated uh, I'm going to say that they are it's it's very muddy because uh, they are still a shirt they are still a uh, bay identity thing um, but I'll say what happens if you are forever going to make a couple bucks off a shirt but nobody's listening to your music anymore does that make you underrated <laughs> overrated properly rated uh, it means well that's that's the question like I don't I mean they still are a shirt but not like they were 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like how many and and you know yo it could be the circles you swim in. I'm a fucking I'm 38 years old, you know. I I'm not hanging out with a lot of kids with with uh liberty spikes. And I, I but but we've talked about it early on. I don't see a lot of the suburban punk kid anymore roaming the streets and wearing dead Kennedy shirts. I think that's seen as I think I think the Zoomers of the world are like, yeah, all right, cool, corny, you know. And I don't know if Dead Kennedys are going to be co- totally lost on that group, especially when the songs don't. Despite the fact that I think they're pretty relevant to today's climate, they're singing about stuff that kids are going to be reading about in history books when they're the right age to be discovering this band. Mm. Very good point. I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, fuck. I'm gonna say properly because I just don't think that most of their material is very good at all. Fair. I agree with Pat. I'm gonna say properly. Like I think you know, like you said, fresh fruit. It's got to be one of your fucking go tos as a punk kid. Um, but again, I think, like you said, you don't see people walking around rocking the DK on their fucking. On their pants anymore, sure. <laughs> or wherever, you know what I mean, or in their notebooks, right? Or carved into their tablets. I guess now would be the probably <laughs> the more. Appropriate. Well, yo, uh, and I think in hardcore, I very, 
I don't know if they've ever had a wave in hardcore in my time. You know, like there's people who nod no. at it and stay like, yo, but that record's great because it was like I got into that when I was getting into stuff. But it's never right. like 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 Poison Idea is a great example. There's been waves where it's like, oh, you start to see a bunch of people with Poison Idea shirts, you know, or people are checking this out. Uh, you know, different things come and go, come and go. Dead Kennedys always have been been there, but unless it's a young kid at the show rocking rocking a DK shirt, or like literally someone's grandfather wearing an old DK shirt. You just don't see them that often. Right. And I think yeah. even in our general age range, I think it was something that you're like, no, you'll, you, yeah, you have to like to get Dead Kennedys. You're a punk, like, right. you're a punk hardcore kid. You have to like some Dead Kennedys. You have to. Now, no. people are like, I don't give a fuck. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck you and fuck the Dead Kennedys. Right, you know what right, I mean? right. And, I, and, and if you were to put that on, and you, and I mean, a 20 year old would probably be like, are you, are you fucking with me with this guy's voice? Pol Pot? Pol Pot? talking about (laughs) get me the fuck out of here like give me you know i think it's funny because i I tend to agree no i think you both aren't far off because it's it's just interesting like they're maybe they're a better candidate for written out of history you know because they're important but it's important in that way that it feels like a time capsule like oh yeah that happened but to me fresh fruit still like I, I revisited it sometime last year and still got the like, whoa, this part um, really catches me. Like, you know, there was a parts on the record. I'm like, damn, just on an isolated, like they stop and go. And, and, and like there's isolated musical parts of that record that I think are still impressive, relevant and exciting. You know, I mean, Holiday in Cambodia is probably one of the five best punk songs ever. Yeah, it's also I, I don't think we're giving it the credit that it deserves in some respects, myself most guilty of all, which is it is more creative than than ninety nine percent of what yes. we might even really love. You know what I mean? Like like I'd rather listen to a Kulu than most Dead Kennedys material and a nobody's gonna accuse a Kulu of being like innovators, whereas Dead Kennedys obviously were. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like, "I Kill Children," great song. You know, I mean, it's just it's just great. There's there's the, the whole that whole record's great. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Dead Kennedys, Patrick, your last entry and starting the final round here. Okay, would you like to go uh, punk or would you like to go hardcore? Uh, you did Poison Idea. What what are the ones you've done so far? Um, hate breed, uh-huh. poison idea. Um, what else did I have in the world? I had a list. Yeah, no. Did my list All go right. away? Um, what people love is hearing us review the list that we did because we, we forgot. Fury, Fury, and Hulu. Uh, go punk. Okay. Uh, my favorite punk band, I think. Uh, well, firstly, let me just announce something to our listeners. I'm in the bathroom. There's a scale. I just weighed myself. I am now solidly, regularly over 160 pounds. So uh, I will honor my deal with people that you are welcome to fight me at this point. Take all comers. Uh, at, however, I regret to inform people that by the time anyone sees me, I will be at 170 and almost certainly a human weapon. So, uh, <laughs> so who so, is the actor? Jeff? Jeff? Perl- no. 
<laughs> Jeff Foxworthy? So, Jeff Foxworthy is who you're thinking of. Yeah, human so, weapon. That mustache was a human weapon. <laughs> so everybody be ready. I know everybody that's been following my, uh, as they call it, fitness journey uh, has, is rooting for me, and I have appreciated all of your support. We're rooting for uh, you. Can you, uh, is the next self, could you get away with a self-defense record called You Might Be a Redneck If? Yeah, for sure. Can you grow out a mustache? For, uh, if I could grow a mustache, I would. Um, so I'm going to go with my favorite punk band, I think, possibly of all time, though I'd have to think about it. I, In the last five years, I have become the biggest Dwarves fan imaginable. <laughs> and I, this is not a band that even really gets talked about among punks anymore. And I don't, I mean, I know why, but in some respects, I don't. Because... Yeah, I understand that the energy of the band is very outside of the zeitgeist. It's not a particularly progressive act in in some respects that matter to people at the moment. But these fucking tracks are fucking great. They have three albums that are just fucking superior fucking records. And I'm just always – I'm going woefully underrated, even though they're kind of iconic. And if you go through certain – like if there's – I've played venues where they celebrate the, where the venue owner celebrates the dwarves like, like their Nirvana. But I think by and large, this is a band that is slowly being written out of history. Yeah. I mean, you, you said not rated. I don't think they're rated anymore. I I think so. They would be put into the automatically underrated category. This is a band who had a large enough following that when they had a new record coming out in, any independent record store across the country, there was a big dwarfs poster Posters on the everywhere. wall. Yes. Yep. Everywhere. Um, they, they had a following, uh, they have to my eyes, ears, and what I see, they might as well not have existed according to hardcore 2020. I know it's crazy, but like, yo, if you are like, like I don't skateboard when I listen to dwarves, I want to skateboard. They were, they were, is, they were great skateboard, snowboard, surf video, punk rock. Yeah, you know? it, I think it's all, I think it's like a per, like there's three albums that are like, they're perfect skateboarding machine. <laughs> like they're just fucking awesome. So, uh, it's unfortunate, but I think, yeah, uh, not rated at all. Tom. Yeah. I'm going to have to say they're not rated at all. So like, by default underrated, they never hit my radar. I can picture that one very famous cover. Yes. Yeah. Because I probably saw it at Bleaker Bob's and Generation Records for the last 25 yes. years of my life. Yep. Yes. Um, and I was like, that's it's shocking. Um, definitely not going to listen to it, but that's shocking. Um, oh, I may so, like it. I don't know. You know, it's fascinating that you said that because I think their album art both helped and hurt them in an equal ratio. Also, also, undeniably, their their content, like their content, even at the time when edgy was a thing, is still really, like, look, like problematic. Is, oh, Tom, it's it's like a I lot. mean, this is, I'm not even trying to be funny. No, no, no. Like, I don't listen to them, so I couldn't even shtick, fucking tell you. Like, shtick level, like yeah. So, Tom, it's it not the whole albums. I don't mean to turn anybody off from this band. They're fucking great, but there is a there is an edginess of a type that is just not appreciated. Problematic would be a very light read. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like not appreciated in its time or like not appreciated because it's fucked up. Barely. Appre- oh no, no, no. It's, I mean, it's, it's 
jokes about underage girls. Like it, it's it's the sort of stuff that nobody wants right now. But it, but they were strictly speaking jokes, and it, the music is fucking excellent, and they're well delivered. But it's no, even at the time, Tom, it was kind of like I think right on the line of what people are comfortable. You like know, they're a true they're a true finger in the eye. Yeah, you know, you, know, you, know I mean? you know what it is though, Tom was that. And this is to anyone who's listening who's also going, wait, this is sounding shitty. It was done in a very theatrical, a very performance-based way. Um, yeah, they, it was a bit. It was a it, bit it was like- and it was, it was a, like the nod and the wink were as hard as you could. You know, it was the, all right, Homer, when I step on your foot and nod and yeah. wink at you, you're going to say yes. That yeah, so, how heavy so, the, uh, the gimmick was. So, yeah, so it, if you're a person that can't handle Reagan youth, there's no chance. But if even a Reagan youth fan might take this on face value and go, oh, no. You know what I mean? But, I, but Bob's right. It is not on – this is not intended to be read on face value at all. So like it, it's – yeah, it's not in the zeitgeist at the moment at all, <laughs> but it is very, very good. And I don't know these men's personal lives, but as far as as far as anybody knows, this is a bit so something to take into consideration. Also, Tom, relate somewhat related. I just forgot to mention it earlier in the show. Have you guys been following the career implosion slash art war? going on in metal right now no so you know the style of metal art that you know graces thousands of uh, of demos across the planet like yep. just black and white pen and ink uh, art yes there's a, a number of guys who do really great work um and there's a scene for it right as we could have guessed and there's people that collect those that are they buy the originals for like their favorite fucking bands shirts of album cover whatever we all know and that there's a scene and one of the guys in that scene one of the biggest names posted on his instagram assuming he was not hacked because it seems to be his art something that is not gonna work <laughs> it is not gonna work in 2020 Unless you're going for the most fringe clients that exist. And everybody had to denounce him, including everybody that had worked with him. So it was wild in these Instagram streets for two days of just dudes who listen, dudes who they're metal guys. They're not the most woke guys on the planet. And they had to jump off of a burning boat of this dude's career because that's how inflammatory the image was. Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to uh, metal right now, which is, uh, in a weird place. Wake up. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but okay. So we're going, uh, Tom, not rated. Across yeah, the we're going not rated, not rated, but, uh, but honestly, musically, uh, high marks for merit, um, and, uh, content, uh, it's it's a performance. It's a it's a joke. It's the Kiss song going blind. So, yeah. Um, are we ready? Yes, you're up. Yes. 
last but certainly not least, another band. Um, not too far afield from Sam I am. Um, from Richmond, Virginia, Avail. Mm. Um, I think, reunion shows aside, that they are incredibly underrated in 2020. I think they're a band that if, um, I mean, I know like they're fucking reunion sold out and blah, 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 but like the average age had to be 38. Right, right. There were 50 year olds in the pit. There were some younger folks because they had, you know, like Down to Nothing played one, fucking uh, Iron Reagan, um, Nosebleed yeah. played. You know what I mean? So, like, I, Tom, you know, they had, huh? Tom, I, I, I hope they don't detect any disrespect in this, but uh, Down to Nothing crowd not getting any younger you know what i mean it, it's uh it, it's, it's not like they grabbed the opening acts that are like uh bringing in fucking 20 year olds you know yeah so i mean i think you know those reunion shows in richmond especially they had you know bands of various you know iron reagan maybe they bring young people maybe like i feel like certain band like down to nothing is a richmond band that would you know I think when when you become a, a hardcore kid there, like that, they're, they're part of like the introductory package yeah, the, that you get. Yeah, they're they're in the gift bag for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the same thing. Like you're a shore kid, you could be fucking 16. Fast times at the Jersey Shore is like literally in like here's like the here's the manual. Yes, yes. Here's what you get. Page five. You know what I mean? Like right. There's never like you're, you're they're never gonna not have young people because it's like it's part of the deal, man. This is what you signed up for. Here you go. You know. Um, but I think. I think Avail musically, um, incredibly overrated. I think um, underrated, right? Underrated, yes. Did I say overrated? Yeah, you did. Oh my god! Sorry, no. They're incredibly underrated. I think um, even more so. I think ethically, they're incredibly underrated. Mm. Mm. Like I feel like the they were one of like the OGs of like the DIY scene and they became so big, but like, you know, they're playing in front of fucking, you know, a thousand kids in a rec center somewhere. You know what I mean? They were like gigantic in the 90s. Yes. You, you couldn't go any to any show, a straight edge show, a grind show, a fu- like any show without seeing several avail patches. Yeah. Um, but I think they kind of like just that whole like kind of aesthetic, I think, has become so like interwoven in what punk and hardcore has become. Like, I think to me, like they're, mm. they're the, like a reason why like the fest exists. Yeah. Yep. Sound why everything, you know, and yeah. like those dudes are doing this in 1995. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they opened um, the door for a lot of, a lot of the world where it's like, Hey, <clears throat> we want to be, uh, we're punk. We have these kind of different kind of ideas of things, um, but we don't necessarily want to play just noise music. Um, but at that same time, we we reject playing in exclusively big clubs with barriers. What can we do? You know, they kind of right, pioneered right. that. Yeah, and I mean, they're incredibly catchy. Um, you know, really fucking legit dudes that were like living what they were singing about. You know. Um, but I think, yeah, overall, they're incredibly underrated. Underrated. 
Yeah. I, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say underrated. Yeah, underrated. I, I don't think I'd argue any of that. I think I think sonically, at least at least three of their albums really hold up, um, and the energy is all there. Yeah, underrated. I, I also think it's a shame that their reunion shows seem like they were snatched up by people of of an older demographic but it also shows how meaningful they were to a lot of people so uh so hopefully they hopefully they keep doing some gigs and and make it uh an accessible thing for people because they certainly were an important band who had a lot of cool stuff to say and they were another band like how we were saying with bane like they literally crossed over to everything yeah there were moshcore kids there. They were fucking anarchist punks there. Like, it was like, what the fuck is happening? That's why they were so big because it wasn't like just one um, kind of scene coming to see them. It, like especially in New York, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they would be sell- they'd sell out the wetlands. It'd be fucking eight hundred people there. Mm. You know, but no, they were a a. Uh, you could catch ska kids and crust kids and yep. varsity jackets all going off for for a veil. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, last one. Um, I am going to go with Dag Nasty, and I am going to. Oof. I'm going to say underrated right now. I am going to give some caveats and say that there's probably been times when they were a little bit overrated. They're a band who I loved, and when I got in stuff, I really associated them with the sound. And and so there's a bit of discovery bias and, and a band I, I loved early on. Um, but I think that they have fallen out of favor a little bit, and and not for no reason. I think that <clears throat> I think that probably over time, bands like Embrace and Rights of Spring have surpassed them in terms of bands from dc from that time that are more noted and people like oh maybe this is more important or better or brings more to the table uh do you think the lineups have 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 impacted them well so so that's that's part of it i think that there's two two phases to this one i think that they've done some reunion stuff that has gone over well i think that the Sean Brown reunion stuff has gone well. I think that that they did a reunion record with Sean. That's not embarrassing. That's actually pretty good. Um, that's just a single. So that's cool. They did shows that were cool, but also didn't feel totally in line with playing to hardcore at large. Just, they were just like, Hey, here's this dag nasty show that's happening. And you know, maybe you're aware of it or maybe you're not. Um, I think that the there's a, a field day band that features the later singer Peter Cortner, um, Doug Carrion, who was a later guitar player. I think he's on Wig Out and Field Day. Um, and so there's a lot there, but those first two records, can I say, and Wig Out at Denko's, and, and certainly can I say Standalone, uh, which features Dave Smalley on vocals, is a great melodic hardcore record. I think it's it's a little overlooked right now. There was a time sonically where they were a huge influence. And, you know, we talked about unbroken being maybe two steps away from some of the bands. They, they influence like there's bands now who are influenced by bands who are influenced by unbroken, you know, um, there are bands now who do stuff melodically, 
you know, even even stuff that's more on the pop punk or run for cover world where it's like band A was influenced by band B, who was influenced by band C, which was influenced by Dag Nasty. And so when you get that far back, the original ceases to exist. Um, and I still find I still find that can I say and we got a Denko's are are really, really good records. And I, I think they are underrated. I don't know that we'll ever see them overrated again as things go forward, but I'd like to see them get a little bit more love. Mm. I'm going to go. I mean, I think the tale of today is just that anything old is now being totally pushed out of the, uh, the, the, the point of vision. Um, Cause I think that, yeah, they're probably underrated and I don't particularly like Dagnasty, but I, I think underrated just in that their influence is waning so hard, so quickly that yeah. uh, they're probably, probably underrated. Um, I would say they're pr- properly rated. Huh? Um, I think they're, um, well, it's hard to say because I think, I think for a younger person, like following that band, like it's it's kind of history is kind of insane. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like, so it's like Dave Smalley, Peter Cortner, Peter Cortner, but Sean Brown was in the band, but he wasn't in. There's nothing with him back then, right? But then like, there's and this then, weird record that's like demo tracks with him and. Right, and then they come back with Dave Smalley. So like he was, he sang on a record in like 1985, and then again in 2000, 92, in, uh, 92. and then again, right. which I actually really like. Right. Four on the floor. I like four on yep. the floor. I like that record. And then again in 2002, Two. Minority of One Revelation, and then then they it's a while, and I think it's I don't know if it's 2015, 16, somewhere in there. Diagnostics back, and here's a two three song single with sean brown um and now here's this field day band that's not it's two of the guys from mid-air diagnosty doing some of those songs and now they're putting out new music and it's kind of cool like i'm with all that like i actually think that's cool but it also lends itself to kind of being hard to know when to jump in or what to check out first Right, there's just so much confusion in the marketplace that you're like, nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and whereas you look at their their contemporaries, and I won't say their peers because I think they were were largely not a part of the scene that Rights of Spring and and um, and Embrace or or any of the other Revolution summer bands were totally. They were there and kind of, but they weren't the same. Embrace is concise. It's like, oh yeah, this is this kind of like project band that played ten shows, and and here's here's the document of it. And here's Rites of Spring, and they weren't a band for very long, but here's this. And, and right. you know, like, and if you want the footnote, here's this one last Wish record that's uh, arguably as good as that material. And boom, click, click, click. Oh, and, and if you are looking for the standout melodic band from DC, well, that's, that's Fugazi. You know, <laughs> like, like right. oh, there you go. Right. Because like, when was Sean in the band? 85, 86. So the very earliest period um he was in the band he, before they recorded it before they well they yeah like essentially they recorded demo sessions and that was released um as a record called 8586 and then right, right, yeah that. and then smally jumps in and uh that becomes can i say 
Um, right, which I mean, like, and then he's back. Who's back? Who's not? Right. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, you have to have the time and patience. Be, yeah, you have to have the time and patience to be interested and invested. And on top of it, can I say and wig out? Were released by Discord for a long time as a double CD. Yep, I which is kind of funny, but that enabled a narrative where you could hear both. You heard both singers, where you go, okay. Here's this one record with this guy, and then the second record with this guy, and they don't sound they don't sound the same, but it's like oh okay, and, and it it gives you that immediate introduction. So so if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with Agnasty, as a as a one time super fan who's reformed to being just a pretty good fan, um, start with Can I Say. Uh, if you really enjoy that, move to Wig Out at Denko's. I would then if you really like that. You can continue forward with anything. If you really, if you listen to Wig Out at Denko's and you're like, eh, can I say it was more my speed? Um, I would check out Swizz uh, and then I would go back to the Sean Brown, Dag Nasty stuff. If you like Wig Out at Denko's, move forward and check out Four on the Floor. If you like Four on the Floor, make sure you check out Down by Law. If you like Wig Out at Denko's, you can be brave and check out Field Day get you know strap in for that one i i do like it um there's just so much from that tree but it is confusing so i get it and yeah, yeah. and if you ask me today like do i like either diagnosty record more than the embrace record i don't think i do even right. though there was a point like there was a point like yeah. 1999 i would have said of oh, it's not close yeah, you there was tell me different right yeah. of course of course i actually saw diagnosty at probably punk rock bowling Oh yeah, how was it in in, As- in Asbury? And honestly, they were fucking amazing. Like Sean Brown is like eminently watchable. Like he's an amazing front person, For sure. But he doesn't. He can't. He doesn't have this the range that the other dudes had. It's true. It's true. So it's awesome because he's still a fucking great front person, and he's like, you I mean because he's been in bands ever since. Yep. Well, between Swizz and Jesus Eater and all this other shit, that like, he never kind of lost the fastball. Mm-hmm. But like hearing him sing the more melodic songs, it's a different. You can vibe. see it's, it's a, a stretch. It's a st- it's a stretch, yeah. and it works. Yeah. I mean, I also think the things that he brings to the table that that somebody like Dave Smalley didn't and doesn't are that kind of aggressive, like just raw feeling on stage where he's really going at it. Whereas, like even the Dagnes, I remember tracking down VHS of Dave Smalley Dagnasty and being like. Oh, okay. That was that was cool. It was fine, you know. Right. <laughs> like, but but Sean Brown, uh, he he goes hard. Um, I think that's it. PK, any any final thoughts? Any words here? No. Uh, as we said earlier, uh, we're not blind to what's going on. Everybody, we'll get we'll get to it on the podcast. It's on our timelines. We're living it. Uh, but I hope that everybody enjoyed some like pure music fucking talk today. Uh, and, uh, I noticed that our Patreon's really popping and I just wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, I, I typically don't think about that sort of shit, but, uh, I just uploaded some stuff today and, and I was like, Oh, that's so nice. People really do appreciate it. It's great. So thanks to everybody that's been doing that. And if you haven't checked it out, there's a lot of material there. A, 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 a lot, a lot of material there. So thank you, everybody. Check this out. Check everything out. Uh, keep your ears out still for what's going on in the world outside of this weird subculture. Yes. Um, still a pandemic out there. Uh, 
and there's still a movement that's about helping bring some equality to a world that's not very not very fair a lot of the time so uh let's yep. let's uh keep our eyes on the prize okay everybody all right thanks all right. everybody be good <laughs>